Hello. Right. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, good, how good are you guys? Chris, I'm talking to you. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're fantastic, mate. Yeah. We're freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now, how long have you guys been together for? Uh, as a Southbound Sneak Charmer since tw- 2013, something like that. I was going to say then, how long you've been married for? Because obviously you got your wife in the band. That's a bit risky. <laughs> you know how hard it is to keep a drummer down. Yeah, I know. That's what I was going to say. Geez, you did all right. <laughs> it's hard, you know. So if you find a good drummer, I suppose you just got to marry him. Yeah, why not? Have kids with him, and then that's it. You set for yeah. um, set for life with that band. Uh, they can't go anywhere. No. What happens if you found a better drummer? How would that conversation go down? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Try it. Try it and tell us. <laughs> Actually, no, don't. I don't promote that. I uh, don't. Yeah. You don't promote that. You'll see your, your missus will find you on Melbourne one day going, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. Looking for a drummer. <laughs> Practicing my rudiments. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just paradiddling in the corner. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, now, you guys released a new track. We did. We did uh, just now, uh, but it's not on video as yet. The video will be out uh, by the end of this week, but it's called The Ballad of Tarantino. <laughs> Ballad of Tarantino. Yes. Uh, we did get a lot of people saying it, not a lot, but a few times we get told that we sound like a, a Tarantino soundtrack or people go, you should put your music in there and all that sort of stuff. So we thought, uh, let's just write a song about it. So we did. And we've put it out. So if you know anyone that knows anyone that knows anyone that knows the man himself, Mr. Tarantino, if you could send it to him, that'd be great. Actually, you know what I do? Oh, really? No. Um, (laughs) I just sort of get your hopes up. He does Um, that. (laughs) Um, William Stevenson says, hi, Chris, it's Billy from Sydney. Oh, g'day, Billy. From Sydney, how you going? He's um, a strong uh, supporter and part of the Heavy Session, the radio show, which we do. Yes, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, so tell us about how it. Do you go, how do you go? From, I want to know how he goes from blues. So playing. All right. So you you've done a heavy session for how many years? Oh, we started in uh, two thousand and seven. So two thousand and seven. So how did you go from the heavy session into a blues band? Yeah, that's obviously listening to metal every Friday night <laughs> into it a bal- blues band. It balances out, and somewhere in between, we end up in that lovely stone and rock genre. Well, it works. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice balance, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> was that because your wife wouldn't let you play? She didn't want to play metal. She goes, no, Chris, I want to play blues. <laughs> Is that why? <laughs> at least you can get, at least you can go out and say, listen, I'm taking the band out for a gig. Oh, okay, cool. Cause at least then your missus can come, come out with that. Then you've got no excuse. It's grass. Now, um, Chris actually pointed out before for everyone, now Chris's daytime job, he's probably got one of the coolest daytime jobs because not a lot of people ask me those what they do for a daytime job. <laughs> now, Chris actually works for the fire brigade, um, but he works as a uh, diesel mechanic and and maintenance manager. Uh, yeah, I was on I work for Marine now, so now I um, so, hit the so boat. Now he gets to play, now you get to play with fire boats. So, yeah. and someone had asked me what this, Oh, Chris said, he goes, where'd you get that? And these are the old uh, fire rescue t-shirts. And that was when Chris was in the, cause Chris was actually in the calendar for the fireman. He was February, Mr. February 29. And this was oh, a really? from there. Can we get this photo up somehow? 
George, no. you said you wouldn't go there. <laughs> I've got the calendar up. In, I've got the calendar up behind me. Oh, your head's your head's covering it. It's in the um, toilet. Yeah, it's in the toilet. Yeah. Oh, on the back of the door. It's better yeah. than having handcuffs hanging on your wall. Yeah. Uh, how long have you been a muso for, George? And he no, goes, don't, and he goes why have you got handcuffs on the wall? This is this is actually Chris's den or Chris's studio, and don't they look like handcuffs? And I'll move out the way. Yeah, but the, the freaky part is it's because the two maybe I watch too many movies. Here is Granny. Um <laughs> for those of you who've seen that movie. Um <laughs> Oh god. Actually now I've got to ask you a question. You at when was it? I think 2017, 2018, you guys at Southbound were doing major, major stuff overseas. To the point oh. where you ended up um, on the US charts and the British charts, was it or something? Yeah. Oh, when was that? That was yeah. Rhythm and Rust album did really good. It just went really yes. well and in the states. Went really well in in the UK and um, ended up on a couple of charts, which was good. And we got a lot of good feedback from it. So, How, he's going to go on tour over there eventually. <laughs> well, when, when we're allowed to. <laughs> Yeah, when you're allowed to. <laughs> yeah. When we can get the money too. It's obviously not a, uh, you know, an easy sort of feat to, to no. get over there. But, you know, if if yeah. it opened up, we'd go, yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah why not? Would... You could just do a self-funded yeah, tour. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Maybe we can get one of those fire boats to drive all the way over there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's a good excuse. Knock one off. Oh, tell us about the radio show, Chris. Yeah, that's what I was waiting for. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's we one of those play. nights tonight. It is. It is. This yeah. always seems to happen when I'm on these shows. Maybe what? it's me. I don't know. Or is it just? <laughs> am I provoking George to be? Uh, well, there he is. He's laughing now. Got him. <laughs> but yeah, look, we we just do all anything heavy. Doesn't matter what it is, as long as it's heavy sort of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Could be heavy blues, but normally we play metal, rock, anything up to there. And we've been going for yeah, for years now, and. Currently, obviously, given the COVID situation, we're basically a podcast because we can't do anything live at the moment. We've got to pre-record and then set it up. So you're always running behind on a, on a, on a weekly loop. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, still pretty good. And we were, just before this hit, we were running a segment called Turning to 11 where we were bringing bands in live and playing them on the studio. And um, that's just stopped all of that for the moment. So, But as soon as we can, we're going to get back into it. So, so you, you bring in... That... Go on, sorry, Tori. I was going to say, you play international bands and stuff as well, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. So if they sort of come on a tour from wherever, you you sort of approach them and get them in the studio as well? Or... Yeah, if we can. Yeah. Yeah, if we can. And, um, yeah, which is good. I, I like putting live bands there. It's good fun. Who's the biggest band that you've had in there? Live. We've done mm. mainly the local stuff live. And I can't, you know, if you ask me, my brain's going to go, nah, I can't. I don't want to single anyone out. In internationally, who was the all right? So start again. Internationally, who was the best interview that you guys did? My favorite, my favorite interview of all time on the show was uh, John Bush from Anthrax because and and Armored Saint. He was awesome. He's such a cool guy, and uh, it went from just an interview into a conversation that just kept going and going, which was really good. Fancy that they're the ones that are good, and you don't. And a lot of people don't expect a lot of these big artists and that to be quite as friendly as what 
you think you think that they've all already got that mentality but i think a lot of that comes across from and i'm going to call it band managers because <laughs> band man band managers give you a whole heap of crap and say don't do this don't do that make sure they have this make sure they have that and these artists will walk into a room or walk into a venue and they're completely the opposite of what you think they are because of the freaking managers yeah but i also find with interviews you know like bands only have like they've got a whole series of interviews to do in a row and you've only got them for like you know 15 minutes 20 minutes so imagine being asked the same question every 15 minutes for you know like a couple of hours i reckon it'd get pretty tired so that's why you know i suppose you want first thing you want to do is start chatting to them making connection if you're like at the start of that list Happy to, happy days. Yep. You know, if you're towards the end of the list, sometimes it, it might be hard to get some questions out. But you know, that's that's when you just got to try and be friendly and persist, and it's it's all good. And how how do you do that? So have you walked? Obviously, you've walked into a room and had that thing that you're the last guy getting interviewed. What we're doing now, George? <laughs> just banter. Yeah, banter know, like you're banter. up the on <laughs> Tell jokes. Do, you, do you find it? Do you find it hard to approach them? We do a lot of phone interviews, but I do, which I'm not bad with, but I find, yeah, uh, approaching people live, yeah, it can be a bit intimidating to start off with, especially if you, you know, if it's a band you really like. Yeah, you probably get a lot of rejections as well if they don't know who you are and, and all that kind of stuff. They can do, yeah, if they're busy yeah. too and if they've had enough, so that's it, I've had enough, I'm pulling a pin. But, you know, oh, most, I reckon most people I will say are really good, you know, and happy to happy to chat. Do you find, were you intimidated once you saw me? <laughs> yes, George, I still am. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I just thought I'd ask. <laughs> William Stevenson, this podcast professionalism is stunning. Laugh out loud. Yes, it is. Awesome. That's the whole point of it, William. Listen, <laughs> some of the best podcasts I remember, what was the one that we were watching at the moment? Oh, Joe Rogan getting high on getting high on um, camera, whoever he was with, was as high as a kite and couldn't even comprehend two words together for four hours. Yeah, that was with, um, what's his name? Uh, that bloke. That, yeah, that, that bloke. guy. The guy that does the stuff with the things. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah that guy. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a good one. <laughs> Stop meth yeah. mouth. We know about that. Um, Is that like Mountain Dew mouth? Mountain, Mountain Dew. <laughs> oh, God, I haven't heard that for years. It's like the old Spring Valley bottle. Um, yeah. Oh, there we go. Um, now, obviously, you've got... How many albums have you done through Southbound? Uh, Southbound has one full-length album, three EPs, uh, one vinyl, and now uh, a couple of singles, and then another few singles for the rest of this year, which eventually will be scooped up and put on an album. So, Do you find, though, that the singles do better than the albums? This gets into that, that question, for, which is kind of that, that right-now question, I think. I'm going to say it tends to be genre specific. So certain bands and certain genres, you can put singles out and they'll, they'll work. Whereas certain bands can put albums out and they'll work, but a lot of work goes into an album. It's hard to keep it afloat for a long time. You know, people tend to see it a lot and it, and it kinds to go up and then pretty quick. Whereas singles, you know, you're kind of constantly keeping out there, but with certain genres, yeah, I, I don't find the singles are as good. Do you find a difference in between like um, digital releases compared to having physical copies? Uh, we sell a lot more digital, but you know, the, the, there's a lot of people that still buy hard copies and we're happy to make them. Well, I mean, I still like to buy hard copies. So 
a hard copy to talk in CD, the CD or vinyl? I buy a lot of CD. I don't have much vinyl. I do have a little bit, but not much. I'm not, you know. Well, vinyl's very popular at the moment. It's actually coming back more than CDs, I think. It's it's doing moment. well. And then I was surprised to see cassettes coming back. People are putting stuff out on cassette. Yes. No. Um, <laughs> Look, I mean, that's cool if you want to do that. And it's, it, it's but, cool. But I remember cassettes from back in the day when that's all we had. It was sort of like, you know, stretched. Yeah, out. but hold on. The, the cassettes with the cassette, I'm sorry, right? You had the cassette was probably one of the best things that ever came out, um, I think, for a generation where, I mean, listen, it stuffed the whole music industry up because everyone would be sitting there on a Friday night waiting for the top 40 to come out, going ready, 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 ready. ready. The song's going to play, the song's going to play. Oh, got it. And you'd miss the first three bars. And you'd try to cut out all the, the radio announcer talking. Yeah. Yeah, Which is why they correct. did it on purpose. They talk all the way through the start of the song. You're like, shut oh. up! <laughs> <laughs> but that that to me that to me was one of the best things why cassettes were good. But because there was a question that was put up, um, there was a question that was put up by the guys from Sisters Doll, and they were asking whether they should put up a CD release. Now everyone's of. Um, and a lot of people have said, yeah, go for a CD release because they've got all the covers inside and they've got the flip things and whatever else. Mm. Um, me personally, I'd go an album or vinyl and I'd go digital because mm. I don't own a CD player anymore, anywhere in my house. I think a lot of people like it for the fact that they, they've got the physical copy as like memorabilia or they collect it or you know they can open up the booklets and read the lyrics and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, and I think some people do. They can, they'll have those albums and they might not even open them. They might just mm. stay sealed. But like you said, mm-hmm. just keeping it for, you know, like a bit of memorabilia, which is which is cool. And plus you can see the pictures a lot better, can't you, <laughs> on an album. That's what I like. You know, as kids, that's why we loved LPs and that, you know, because you could see, you know, pictures were, mm. you know, when we went down to CDs, it was sort of like, oh, come on. It's a bit hard to see. <laughs> yeah. Now you just got Google, yeah. Google Images and you can zoom. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, <laughs> and that's what it is. But it, it, here you go. It, it, I reckon it's an interesting. I reckon it's going to be an interesting thing to see what happens with the whole CD vinyl thing. Because I look at even. Um, I mean, your last big CD store that's around is JB Hi-Fi. They're the only ones that have still got those racks and racks and racks of CDs. But now those racks and racks of CDs are turning into racks and racks of albums. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's stopped. Is, they will stop stocking stuff. They will on um, order you'd have to order it so, you know for that's, if you're not buying mainstream for ages you'd have to order cds in <clears throat> that's right oh but who was saying hold on tyrone who was saying the other day that they've stopped pressing cds that they've stopped making cds who was saying that someone said oh. to us a while back that they're actually going to stop printing cds um completely for oh, music I can't, remember. I can't remember who that was, was it vincent donato it might have been I think it was. Yeah, he was saying yeah. that basically the whole CD market has now uh, for mainstream for mainstream people, so like your Sony, your BMGs and all those mm. big labels, um, they're stopping actually printing CDs completely. They're not releasing out anything on those anymore. Mm. Um, straight digital and then streaming, I suppose. For- straight digital streaming and um, vinyl. Well, Dale, Dale Arthur says, I'm only 21 and I prefer vinyl over CD. It's just the preferred mode for me. And it's mm-hmm. the same for everyone. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you just, can, you know. Yeah, it's just you whatever you want. If you want the money, why not? Mm-hmm. 
Well, the only CDs that kids are playing with these days are the ones that go into the PlayStations, but even that, that stopped. I was going to say, do they still make them for games, do they? Yeah. Okay. Well, for the PlayStation 5, you've got to pay an extra $200 for a CD player in it. Really? <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah, I already, yeah, know about all, I already, already know about all that. You yeah, can just that... stay with the Commodore 64, mate, in the tape drive. Oh, <laughs> no. Hold on. Where was it? Me and Tyrone found my um, dad's old Atari notator. Oh. Beat that. That was like the first songwriting program back in the 90s. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen, that. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And he's still got it and it still works. And we've still got all the floppy disks for it. So for everyone, so for that 21-year-old that's watching, what a floppy disk is, it was a three-and-a-quarter-inch by three-and-a-quarter-inch hard disk that you used to push in. And it wasn't hard. And it wasn't hard. That's right. It wasn't soft. (laughs) It was a floppy disk. (laughs) And if it spun really, really quickly to go hard, no, it wouldn't. Um, now, I'm just trying to find. I had a whole stack of them here, but oh no, they tried to throw them out. Yeah, well, so that's what's going to happen with CDs soon, I think. Like, I don't, no, I don't I keep about. CDs at all. I no. mean, I've bought, I've bought CDs over the years, but I ended up just gathering them all and throwing them away because uh, there's no point in me keeping them. And look, some people are. Do, do you find the streaming quality is as good as when you listen to a CD? The, I think like the vinyl on a CD has got that sort of old school feel, the warmth to them yeah. compared to the digital because digital gets so squashed and compressed and stuff when they upload and Spotify does it again. They, they squash it and compress it again. So it does lose some tonal qualities. That's that's like the, um, the end of, oh, is it the tapering down of the loudness war? You know, like... Mm just mastering stuff that loud that it's louder than everyone else's. But now all those streaming places are just, you know, capping everything. So, you know, if you've already mastered it that loud, it's mm. going to get squashed again. So, well, and that's why they say that these days that a yeah. lot of um, engineers actually don't go for the loudness, loudness war thing anymore. They actually give the track a lot of dynamics. And then when it goes to Spotify, it, it gives it that sort of squashed sound anyway. They it bring it up it, to yeah. broadcast level. So it's, you know, it's pretty useless. Yeah, you don't need to brick wall it that much anymore. Mm. What did you say, brick wall it? Yeah, yeah, brick wall it. Smash it against the limiter, George. Get it, get it real loud. <laughs> I'm just helping everyone at home understand what a brick wall is. <laughs> That's all. You, can, you can press everything that loud that the peaks and the troughs are gone, and the whole sound wave looks like one big blank line. It's a big bar. Yeah. Mm. But I, I have noticed, though, that there is a difference between all the streaming services with volume. So I know that, for, for instance, Apple Music versus Spotify, there are two different volume levels for the same track. Yeah, there will be. You can. There's actually a, a list online. You can find it, and it'll tell you how much and what their actual loudness levels are and, and um, what to aim for with different streaming services. So do you have to sort of go through all those kind of regulations with your show? With the show, no, because we've, we've got the, the big magic box where everything goes through at the end, and that does exactly that. It puts everything mm-hmm. at those levels. At the moment, because we're recording ourselves and doing it like a podcast, we have to. We have to pull everything down and keep the levels, you know, as, as nice as possible. But normally we wouldn't have to. If we are playing it in, in the show, like live from the studio, we wouldn't, wouldn't need to. Yeah, right. Okay. What yeah. magic box is that? It's a whole room full of magic, George. I'm not allowed in there. I don't have the keys, but I have looked through the door and it looks really good. <laughs> There's lots of lights and lots of... It's, it's the, it's the oh, don't go in there room. 
what does that button do? Exactly. Can I push that button? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's like the cleaner. Like the cleaner that blew up the radio station. And do, do radio stations have different volumes as per station? Do you know that the answer to that? That's a good question. I don't think so. I think they'd all be governed by a loudness level, which they'd be aiming for. Mm. But I don't think the stations would all be different themselves, unless you had a cross between AM and FM, perhaps. Because I know that I know that when you're watching TV, for example, sometimes the commercials are a lot louder, and that's just to grab your attention. Yeah, it's I just hate like that. A, it's, yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> I was wondering if radio stations do the same thing. We we don't, but um, yeah, we don't. But I don't know if others do. But I know, yeah, it's a, it's a big thing in TV and especially digital. If you're watching anything catch up, have you noticed? You know, like as soon as you've got it at a nice level, and then as soon as the ads come in, you get blown off the back of your couch. Yeah. yeah. I am definitely not buying that product now because you hurt my ears. <laughs> but that's that. that's the same even going through like say say watching HD movies on Netflix for example, right? So basically, it happens on my TV all the time. But if you you're watching like an action scene, for example, it's super loud, but then it comes back into the talking and stuff, and you can barely hear it. You got to sort of turn it up. That's your sound setting. That's your it's, sound settings on your TV. No, it's, I don't have sound settings on my TV. Yes, you do. <laughs> I can guarantee you that's your sound settings on your TV, that if you've got them on speech, your speech ends up being louder, uh, quieter than when you've got big drama scenes and all that in the background or action scenes. That oh, comes well, down to your sound settings. That's that's quite interesting. I might have to have a look at that. Yeah, I know because I sat there for three weeks trying to get my TV in my freaking bedroom, right? Because every time I'd watch something and something would blow up, I'd get it'd be like real life. I'd end up getting smacked in the face going, shut the TV up. <laughs> <laughs> radio stations aren't louder it's compressed more there you go hmm. which which Probably does is. Which well, is... compressing things does actually make things louder that's what compression does it, hmm. you know you, you take the the high parts and then you bring them down so you can bring the lower parts up so overall it sounds louder yeah. well yeah the perceivable level is louder hmm. it's yeah, is, it feels louder does it sound compressed <laughs> <laughs> probably I just thought I'm just asking a technical question. Um, <laughs> While you're holding, is that a screwdriver? Are you trying to? It is a screwdriver. <laughs> no, it's what happens when you're in the garage. Uh, I've got also I've got all sorts of tools in here. <laughs> um, so how many how many bands do you get, actually get approaching you to play their stuff on your show as as opposed to like you scouting them? A lot, a lot. When when we started we had to scout a lot and we um, had to join up with a lot of um, labels and try and join up the labels and get stuff. And now we just, yeah, we're inundated. I can't even tell you what the last email count is. We stopped looking at it. It's just huge, which is one of the things, if you're a band, I suppose, and you're trying to get airplay, you know, it's, you've got to stand out out of like, you know, 5,000 emails or something. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to stand out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what actually makes like uh, your selection easier when you say that it's hard to stand out? I don't know. It's it's there's a whole things people write on how to you know capture you know someone's attention in, in the first couple of lines of a email because you're just looking at an email description, aren't you? So if obviously if you know the band or you know the genre you've got, you know they will stand out. And then I suppose it's just something catchy in what they've written that makes it appeal to you know what you're looking for. So does it give a band an advantage to send you an EPK then instead of just an email? With a request? I think it does. I mean, I remember when I, when we started this show, we used to get stuff in a thing called a pigeonhole. So we would go into go into the show on a Friday 
and your pigeonhole be full of CDs, you know, and now that that's empty and the emails are full. Mm-hmm. Mm. What's an yeah, APK? Well, an, an APK is an electronic press kit for anyone that doesn't know. Thank you. And every, every band should really have one if they want to get around. That's what people look at. And that's why I asked the question. I was just asking what an EPK was. That was all. I'm just helping everyone <laughs> at home understand the understand the technical jargons. Ripping out the acronyms. <laughs> Get them going. Sounds good. What about a TDK? That does amazing things. Um, <laughs> what does that stand for? Hey, what does that stand for? <laughs> I don't think anyone actually knows. Uh, Billy, Billy, will if Billy's listening, Billy, can yep. you tell him what TDK stands for? Well, guaranteed oh, like. Yeah, I bet. How good's that? Um, <laughs> actually, how do you reckon? Obviously, with obviously digitalized now, digital age now, it's a lot easier to get music sent across to you guys. But have you found that the band side of stuff um, and the live music side of stuff has dropped off in that whole hard rock and metal genre? Not really. I think hard rock and metal is a genre that. You know, like it, it delivers more playing live. You still get a lot of, you know, like most releases you'll play will be studio releases, but they really push their name across and get known from their live live performances, I find usually. But is that here in Australia or is that overseas? I suppose it depends on how much you go out and check out gigs. And if you're checking out gigs in that sort of scene that you're looking for, then you'll see those bands. If you're not if you're not going out and you're not part of the scene, then you won't you won't see them. You won't find them, yeah. Because it's not, it's not like, you know, like when we were younger, you only had a couple of modes of finding these things, you know. There was only, what, six stations on the tally back then and a handful of stations. So all the, there was only minimum places we could find music. So mm. it was harder to stick to the top. These days you've got so much stuff and so many places to find it. It just depends on what you're looking for, really. Well, and that comes down to self-promotion of, of the bands as well, like over social medias and stuff as well. Because like you said, if, if no one knows about them, no one's going to go out to watch them. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and it's the unfortunate truth of it. Yeah. And it's it's even if you have it, like if they've put their name out there and you don't, you've never heard the name, you're not going to turn around and go, oh, that sounds cool, I'll go and check that out. Just You, you just wouldn't. It's Unless there's something in that name that grabs you, but apart from that, yeah, it's... Mm. Yeah, you you, you kind of find that things float in different scenes, you know, and... That's what you got. But to- how would you go like with say some of the Scandinavian or some of the um the Eastern European bands? How would you go deciphering half the crap that they've got written on their front album covers and to do with their names? <laughs> I mean, I, I look at oh God, who was the band? Matthias L. Matthias, sorry, Matthias L. from Freak Kitchen. The band was called. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember Freak Kitchen? These guys were just an amazing hard rock slash. Norwegian metal band and he was this mad, mad guitarist. Um, and then speaking with him, it was behave. They were fairly progressive too, weren't they? They were fairly progressive. Um <laughs> thank you, Gianna so, Thomas. TDK is a Japanese electronic company. Tokyo Dengi Kakigu. ask the listeners whenever you're stuck yeah exactly um so yeah no and i remember speaking with him and then they were just trying to pronounce stuff and sent me a whole bunch of stuff one day and he was the nicest guy in the world and three quarters of the shit i couldn't read yeah sometimes the the language barrier can be difficult but you know at the end of the day you just want to get the music if the the music's good it just speaks doesn't it the music's good Mm. you play it 
So are you able to sort of look at your demo, your um your analytics and your like your demographic of where you're reaching with your show? Um I haven't. <laughs> I was just going to say cuz I'm I was curious to know where like you know sort of the biggest um supporters of your of the style like of the heavy scene you have. We we get stuff from all over and we find like whoever's sending us stuff at certain points then they'll all be listening, you know, because there was a period of time we are getting a lot of stuff from um, a couple of Russian bands. So we had a, a lot of Russian supporters at that stage. And then, yeah, it just depends on we get requests from all over the place. Mm. Yeah. Which yeah, is, which so is bit... where do you think at the moment your biggest, um, because are you guys on, are you guys streaming out online and obviously across the airwaves or you just. Yeah. Yeah. So it still, it still goes out through the airwaves, but it's like, it's streamed on live as well. So yeah, it's all over the place. Simulcast. Yeah. Yeah. The, the glory and splendor of digital music, which everyone listens <laughs> while they're online. It's great. Yeah. Through your phone, you know. It should be interesting to ask people at home too. Free Kitchen is a band from Gothenburg, Sweden. That's right. Formed in 92. Someone's just Googled it. Um, <laughs> that was William. Yeah, Matthias, that's it. Yeah. Elka Bonk, that's what I was calling him at one stage because I couldn't understand his surname. <laughs> El Clun. <laughs> Yeah, he's a renowned and innovative and unique guitar virtuoso. Um, he is, mate, honestly, if anyone at home wants to listen to stuff um, from Sweden, Free Kitchen's an unbelievably cool band. They yeah, I feel like I'm jumping in my car and listening to them because I haven't listened to that in about four years, I reckon. Who's your um, favourite band, Chris? Oh, God. <laughs> just, uh, Put you just, on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, I couldn't pick a single band I listen to. It just depends on what I'm listening to. Sometimes I'm listening to the the um the heavy blue stuff sometimes the metal stuff and you know some a lot of times stone of rock as well so yeah so I, you don't I, have like a a favorite band you you're more of sort of like a genre you like one listen genre to, sort of thing once you get too much music i get stuff that i float through a lot and play over and over again but um yeah i wouldn't say that when i grew up my favorite band was megadeth that was you know mm. i was a disciple of dave <laughs> that was <laughs> yeah. the uh, <clears throat> try to get the hair all like that, you know, and play flying V's, but yeah. And now you're playing a blues band. Yeah. <laughs> yep. A stone of rock blues band that plays yeah. metal on the inside. Well, um, I've um, also joined a, a stone of rock band as well. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was the guys from, I don't know if you remember Boracero. They were around. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. So, so unfortunately <laughs> they um, disbanded and um, we were doing some stuff for the radio show and ended up getting together. So there's going to be a, a heavy doomy stonery project coming out soon. Ah, that sounds like a bit of fun. That's something yeah. I wouldn't mind actually hearing. Yeah, yeah. So looking forward to doing that. As soon as we're all allowed out to jam again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now I had, a, I was just saying to Chris before, <clears throat> I, I, I had a, I reckon I had a bit of a moment on Sunday night. I was just, I was ready to throttle someone. I was ready, literally at about nine thirty at night, to jump in my car, just ring up a bunch of people and say, you know what, more my language, but fuck it, I'm, I need to go and play music with people. Mm. I was really just, just over hanging it. out. Yes, yeah. just well, interesting, George, because I think as as musicians, a lot of people have that. You know, they say it's like a drug, and you're sort of missing getting up in front of people. So I was going to say, I've got an idea for you. Mm. Why don't we get a, a crap load of cardboard cutouts and we'll just fill the back of music land and you can sell it. You can sell this drug to people. They can get up in front of an audience that's not there. <laughs> no, for me, it's and not even a freaking audience. <laughs> me, for me, it's not even a freaking audience. It's just the outlet of going up on stage with mates and playing yeah, yeah. music and beating the shit out yeah. of a drum kit. 
<laughs> that's all it is. I've I don't play to audiences. I'm not that good. Not like you guys in South Bend, Snake Charmers and Tyrone and the archetypes. I'm more like play with myself. As long as someone's watching, it's not as weird. But... <laughs> uh, as long as someone's watching, it's not weird. That's... Yeah. Hmm. Saying it's okay. You keep playing. Um, you're doing well. Do they come uh... on, George? Hey! hey. <laughs> You can do it. Don't stop now. <laughs> you do the Don't Billy stop Connolly. Believing. Do the Billy Connolly thing. That feeling. <laughs> oh, Jesus oh, Christ, no. it's gone south. Yeah. Um, but no, that was my, that was my whole thing. Look, we've got a Sunday crew that that we've run for <clears> how many years, and it's probably a group of ten to fifteen of us. And our usual Sunday jammers will leave at about midnight, and we tend to stay on till about three o'clock in the morning playing just some all sorts of the best of the best music that you can think of. And yeah, I just needed to do that. I don't know. Still it's just do. the outlet. You just need to get it, to, to let it out. It is. Mm. I feel sorry for my drum kit. We're going to set up three drum kits, two bass rigs, 14 guitar amps and one <laughs> microphone. And no one's leaving. That's what I've already been told. That's awesome. Um, that anyway, like on that a- note, Hey, that sounds like music land as I remember it when I used to be there on a Sunday night for jam night. It hasn't changed. It's just well, gotten playing cat bigger. scratch playing cat scratch fever on stage with about, you know, twenty people. Do you say oh yeah, you actually did play that, didn't you? The Nuge, man. The who? The Nuge. The Nuge. <laughs> the Nuge. On the Nuge. So on that note, mate, we're gonna let you go. We're actually gonna go out with what song are we going out with? Or what uh, songs are Chris going I've... out with? Right on, I've got. Right on, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. When was this recorded, Chris? Uh, this was recorded, actually, it was a, it came out on the 2019 album, but we recorded it in 2018. It was we, with uh, Ash Raven's music. He, we recorded this all live to do that whole 60s sort of, you know, let's do that, which probably put a hell of a lot of um, pressure on Ash <laughs> and he come through for us. So, yeah. It's Did you just say that because you'd recorded it like December the 18th and then released it on February the um, 2019 just we to make re- it sound better? Because that's what bands I've noticed No, doing. well, we recorded, Ash wanted to do two songs. We did two songs because we already had them. And then we said, we've got another four songs. You want to finish off an EP? So we come back the next year and did the, ne- the other four songs and then put them out. But it still did the same thing. Yeah, recorded them and put them out the next year, George. Thanks for pointing yeah, that out. Cool. That's all right. I'll just <laughs> right, share that with you. <laughs> Sharing is Might caring. for you anytime. <laughs> awesome. Anyway, uh, thanks, thanks Chris. for coming on, Chris. Thanks for having us, guys. Be good.